0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Eurodollar University. My name is Emil Kalinowski, and today I am joined by a repeat guest, Professor Samuel Williamson. Professor, you don't want me to calling you Professor Williamson, you just want me to call you Sam. Sam, this is the first time we've had a repeat guest. So fantastic. Congratulations. Wow. Excellent.
1: I'm impressed. Well, I'm so <laughs>
0: if, Maybe if this was some big time show, then uh, I guess that would be something special. But we are having you on. The first time we had you on was because we wanted to talk about the relative worth of everything. And so for the audience that missed that episode, Sam has a fantastic website called Measuring Worth. And I can't do it justice, but basically you go in back into time, and measure the value price and worth of commodities labor in the United States, the United Kingdom, Spain, everywhere. It's fantastic. I use it in, in my job because I wanted to know about what the price of gold and silver are back through time, but it's more than just real prices. And that's what we're gonna be eventually building up towards to discuss gasoline prices and inflation today. But before we get into that, Tell the audience, do a better job than I did at convincing them what a valuable site you have.
1: Thank you. Um, we have a lot of data to gold prices, but the big thing is what I call comparators, which are, people call them inflation calculators, uh, but comparators say, if you have a value in the past and you wanna know what that relative value is today you can't say one number because it depends upon where you are thinking from even today when i go to a store and i say gee that's a nice new tv um how much is it worth well i think relative to the other things i would buy for two four or five hundred dollars uh but uh it could be um hey that's gonna i'm not gonna be able to go to the doctor's office or oh, I'm gonna to have to work another 12 hours or, or so forth. It, it all depends upon the perspective you're coming for. When I'm selling something, I'm thinking about my opportunity cost of the work I have to do to make that. When I'm buying something, I'm thinking about the other things I'll have to give up when I buy. And those could be very different for different people. So we have several different measures in terms of the wage cost of something, the commodity cost of something, the uh, cost to society in terms of giving up other things, so forth. So that's that's the general idea is you have to think about many different choices and actually probably think about more than one when you're talking about a value in the past and even today too.
0: I find it that the older I get that I the answer, it depends, is more and more appropriate and more accurate. With the younger I was, well, there was an answer. But now as you're making explaining to us, it depends is really the right answer. And a good, just for people to kind of get their teeth into what we're talking about. The first time we talked was when you blogged about the Tulsa Race Right 100 years ago. And the New York Times did an estimate and they came up with the value in today's dollars of what the damage was and i believe they came up with a number around 21 million dollars and i believe they were using the commodity price you know cpi consumer price adjusted thing and you said gross gross underestimate completely misrepresenting the true value and i believe you did it either as a percentage of gdp or another measure remind me which one it was and it was several hundred millions of dollars would have been the appropriate it was, it was, it was share
1: of gdp and it was about 500 million not 18 or 20 billion million i mean it was yes. absurd it was absolutely absurd okay and back here, the far the farther back you get the worse the cpi is is a, is a relative measure
0: well i can hear the pitchforks being sharpened now as people are saying the cpi today is no good, I can't imagine it going back. But of course, good people can disagree on that. We'll we'll talk about it, let's get into it. You just blogged yeah. on the 26th of October, 2021, a the ups and downs of gasoline prices. And right off the bat, you ask us two questions. Is this a record increase that we're seeing in gasoline prices in 2021? And are prices at an all time high? Well, go take us from there.
1: Sure, absolutely. Uh, yeah, when, when people start throwing out stuff like these quick one liners and I get so frustrated when I say, no, it's not, it's not. So I'm going to show you a, a, a little um, uh, podcast. I mean, I'm sorry, PowerPoint here. And uh, let's see
0: here. Am I sharing that screen? Can yes, you, you are. See it? Grandpa uh, and a little baby. Back in 1952. <laughs> Yes, tell us. Go ahead. You read it. Well, I'm, the people that are watching this, most of them are literate, not all of them. Okay. I'm making right. some jokes at Arizona, but there are also audio people listening to uh, the podcast. So I'm just going to read it out. Back in 1952, gasoline cost 20 cents a gallon. When you pulled up to the pumps, three guys came out and checked your oil and your tires and cleaned your windows. That's what grandpa's saying to a nice little toddler. And the toddler says, this must be that thing they call senility. (laughs) This is a
1: joke that a friend of mine sent about, you know, high gas prices. This is another one. It's a big auction. And they're saying the next item is in our catalog is a can of premium unleaded gasoline. Okay, so we can joke about high gas prices. And I think my friend pulled these out from 10 years ago, whatever. Uh, So let's go to that question that that we asked.
0: Um, Right, because the, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt. Just before we got on the air a week ago, uh, we heard that in the United States, CPI increased by quite a lot year over year. And I believe the two biggest drivers accounting for approximately 50% of the increase year over year was energy Mm -hmm. and, uh, use automobile use cars and auto services, that sort of thing. So energy is top of mind.
1: Yep. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, okay. Here's the question. So you just read it. Um, 50% 50% increase in gas, and everybody's saying, oh, my God, and they're blaming Biden. I don't know. Just uh, sort of this whole thing about inflation so high, and, you know, it's what can he do about it? Well, let's just put this in perspective. It's not a record high, and it's not uh, the highest ever, So, and it's not the record increase. So let me just talk about the increase first. The rapid increase has come from three things: weather-created supply problems. You remember we had a hurricane that really disrupted everything in in uh, Louisiana and so forth, and the pipelines and all that stuff. And then um, prices were coming from an unusual low spot. It was that wasn't you know you, you have an increase, but the. In- increase wasn't some sort of a normal increase it was due to coming from a very low spot which i'm going to show you and and the other thing is um there's been several other increases which have been faster 2000 2005 2010 they all had one year increases over 55 percent, which is even more than the one we're talking about
0: now and also so OPEC well, and russia are withholding one of your other points you say whether and OPEC and Russia are agreeing to restrict their output. Plus, and now we're getting into the prices.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So here's a here's a here's a sort of a diagram, um, which shows you uh, you know going down and back up. Since this is May 2019, okay, which was sort of a, a peak period, and then it really dropped, okay, and then it's come back a little more. And let's, let's use the real price. Let's just put this into inflation. So if we add inflation, uh, it even becomes closer. Okay, so let's see what, what happened. Okay, here we go. The nominal price fell 35% between May 2019 and May 2020. That's one month, a 35% drop. But then from then, the next one year, It rose 60%, we'll say, okay, wow, okay. The real price fell 35% and uh, then it rose 52%. Okay, so I wanna stop sharing a minute here and come back to this, Um, because I wanna define annualized growth rate uh, because that's a lot of what I do is I say, okay, Instead of just taking one growth rate for this year and add it to a growth rate rather than, let's say, okay, you've got 10 years. You get from here to here. The annualized growth rate would be a percentage as if the increase was constant throughout that 10 years. We compute what that percentage increase would be, which is a much better number than saying one month is six percent. Let's accept well, what was that go out to a year? Well, they do that, but let's go out to four years. Why why just go out to one year? So I what I'm trying to tell people is annualized growth rate, which would be let's say we didn't have COVID, so we didn't have that big drop, and we didn't have that rebound. What would it have looked like to get from there to here? And so I will go back to the sharing. Okay. And what I'm going to show is I get the, next, get the next slide here. The two-year change. The annualized growth rate of a nominal price from May 2019 to October 2021 was 6.2%. That's of gasoline. The annualized growth rate of the real price of gasoline from May 2019 to October 2021 was 2.5%. So here's my point. The big increase in gas prices that we have seen in the last year or so is a rebound from that COVID drop, which was a huge drop. And if you just had taken that out, gas prices now would be hardly any different. We we wouldn't have any any sort of notice of it from Right, It wouldn't
0: sp- be all the, the the it wouldn't be in the headline leading the headlines of the financial press like it is now. Yes, that's right. It wouldn't.
1: It wouldn't. It'd be it be minor. And 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 of course, the same thing probably with a lot of the CPI, though we know the CPI problems, uh, you know, is also food. And that's a huge problem with uh, shortages and truck drivers and all sorts of stuff we can talk more about. But I want to talk a little more just about, the, about, about gas prices in general. And here's what I want to do I want you to see this. This is this deck, this century gas prices since january 2000. and if you notice for the decade from for, from 2000 to 2008 there was quite a bit of increase in prices mm-hmm. that's you know you, 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 we don't want to say it's bush's fault but i mean this is the bush administration but we can say he got us into a couple of wars in the middle east and that really disrupted the supply uh, you know when you took Afghanistan, but you took Iraq out of the out of the formula and so forth, among other things, many other things, ups and downs and ups and downs, and we get up here to two thousand eight. I'm going to come back and talk about it, and then we have the Great Recession and bang, wow, look at that fall. But look at what happens after we sort of come out into sort of two thousand eleven to two thousand fourteen. We're way up here. Now, even the nominal price is in the high three. And in fact, I'm going to say there's one month, it gets over $4. And it's up here, it's dumped up and down. And then we get to 2015, 14, 15, we get the big drop, and now we're in this stage. So right now, we are in a range which is below where we were for four years.
0: Right, so from 2011 to 2014 or so, in your your article, you tell us that that average was 355. It never went below $3. And that's the nominal, regular price. Real price Mm -hmm. was over four, essentially, the whole time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and back to this uh, 2008, uh, yeah, great. Prices fell tremendously, but gosh, do we wanna have a recession to do that? Okay, so let's talk about these four year, five years here, or six years, four, five, year, five months in, in the one year. <clears throat> now, this is the nominal price of gasoline, okay. October 2008, $4.06, that, that, that's going to the pump. Okay, look at this, three months later, $1.69, like I
0: say. Cute. Obviously, we had the huge crisis yes. right in those terrible months. Of course,
1: I mean, I, and wasn't that an election year?
0: Yes, that's right.
1: And and uh, and we can remember um, all the discussion about whether we were going to bail out the economy and and uh, Peterson and and uh, you know Bush agreeing to meet with the Democrats and Bernanke and so forth. But bang, oh, we had a huge recession. Look at that drop in price. Okay, we'll come back to that in a minute. Okay, here's the ones I'm talking about. Here's May 2019, and we dropped again, another recession. This is the COVID recession, and we're back here. And by the way, all these prices are from the Department of Energy's uh, annual average price stuff. Now let's throw in 1913 for the moment. 33, 1933. 1933. 33, right. This is the pump price of uh, thir- of 18 cents. Okay. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit about uh, the, the prices throughout that period. But the depression, the recession, I'm sorry, during the depression, even, uh, yeah, from 1929 to 1940, 41, prices stayed almost flat. Twenty. 19, 20, 18, something like that. Okay. Now let's do it in real. Now this is in current prices. I, mean, I did this to uh, today's CPI or October CPI. And you see a little bit of difference. Uh, but 1933, look at that. It's Correct. now,
0: yeah, where it was 18 cents nominally now in today's, well, by CPI terms. that is as high as any of the months you're showing other than October, 2008, which in real terms comes out at a mind boggling $5.11 per gallon.
1: Yep. Yep. So let's, let's look at this graph, which is 1970 to, uh, 2000. I'm going to divide the the, the 20th century into two periods. Can you, can you see my arrow here? It...
0: That I do not see. an. Oh, yes, yeah, the arrow. Yes, yes, I see it. Okay. The cursor, yep. So you know
1: this from 1970, uh, though it's hard to see. Um, we start seeing some bumps. These are the oil crises. Uh, the uh, embargo, uh, Saudi Arabia got mad at us because we supported Israel. And uh, so that shot up. And then over here, another oil crisis, 1979, 80, wars. So while previous, and I'll show you, things were pretty constant here, the bumps are as much supply-driven as demand-driven in the sense that uh, what's happening in the Middle East and then recessions and so forth. Notice, of course, that that the real price, which is the dotted one, uh, is is up here, still not not as high as before, uh, and the non- labor cost goes a little right along with it.
0: So, uh, can you explain what the labor cost of gasoline is to the audience?
1: Absolutely necessary, and I'm glad you asked me. I was just about to do it, but perfect. perfect. <laughs> what the labor cost is it takes um, our wage index, which is the manufacturing production workers wage, and indexes the cost via that price, not the CPI. So it's talking basically about how much out of a person's wage, the price changes. And I'm gonna give you a couple little examples, but basically you think about, when you're talking about indexing with using the CPI, you're saying, okay, that's what gasoline costs relative to a bundle of consumer goods, groceries, rent, and all that stuff. When you look at the labor cost, you're saying that's what it costs relative to what wages the uh, particular workers are getting. So that's for that decade.
0: Well, Professor Williams and, or Sam, okay. can we go back? Yeah. So if I'm, how would I describe it? I would describe it as uh, nominally, we're generally rising. And the what we saw is we saw two bumps up, two surges, and then yep. a steady state. So a surge yep. in 73, and let's call it 80. And then from 80-ish until the very late 90s, it was about flat generally rising yeah. nominal prices but let's call that whole long period flat when we look at the real price and the labor cost price i would say we're in a a slight downtrend for this entire period 30 year period with the exception of these supply demand imbalance shocks would would that be a correct interpretation or
1: uh, sort am of I over- uh, yes yes in, in fact from 1974 up to the 80s, you've got rises that are caused by Middle East problems, among other things, but you're right. From 87 to the turn of the century, it's quite flat, real times. In fact, falling, real price mm. of gasoline's falling. The labor cost of gasoline is falling, and, uh, you know, I grew up in that. I mean, I was living, <laughs> I'm an old guy, so yeah. We always thought, oh, it was nice, and we would look for prices to go down, and I think in 89 or, I mean, 99 or something hit an all-time low and so forth. So, yes, uh, very nice period for gas prices in the latter part of the 20th century. But let's go to the next graph, which is 1929 to 1969. And the gas prices are quite flat. I mean, it's here, a blue line, but it's it's like from 25 cents to 30 cents. And the real price, price. The nominal price is up there, you know. In the, in the 30s, it's higher, but it's flat. But look at my labor cost here. Mm-hmm. This this shows you the difference between the growth rate and wages. Hmm. Right in this period, which was, uh, you know, during the Great Depression, you know, real prices were three sixty. Then during World War II with rationing and price controls, it fell to two sixty. In the next 20 years, it remained constant. I mean, uh, $0.27, $0.30, cents, uh, and OPEC shocked it, but mostly pretty constant. Okay, Remarkly. so here, here, here's my punchline on, on all of this. Let's look at this. In 1933, the hourly compensation was 44 cents. And in, 19, in July 2008, $25. And October 2021, well, this is actually the 2020 uh, wage because we only have annual, we don't have, quarter, a monthly. Mm -hmm. Look how many hours it would take to earn 15 gallons of gas in 1933. Six hours and eight minutes. In July 2008, two hours and 20 minutes. Today, one hour and a half. That's the wage cost relative to buy 15 gallons of gas, and my point here, and this is the one sort of the reason I say we need to look at it more than just using the EPI, is that the wage cost now relative to, say, July 2008 is substantially less, an hour less, two hours and 20 minutes, down to an hour and 30 minutes, um, and by the way, In 2008, a 40-inch flat-screen TV was about $900, and now you can get them for about $200, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, So, yes. I'm going to stop sharing. So I think my point is those graphs, and you can go to the blog, you can go to my webpage, is when I look at gasoline prices in terms of various things, I think the labor cost is a more appropriate thing because... After all, you have to go to work to get your gas, to get to the gas tank. And uh, when I've looked at the most expensive gasoline, uh, it was 2011 when we're using the CPI and others index, but it was 1933 when we're using wage indexes. Uh, you know, relatively $200 to fill up a, 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 a gas tank, you uh, Back then, of course, the mileage was nothing like what we're doing. They were driving Model A Ford's, you know, they didn't go very far. And actually, most people didn't go more than two or three hundred miles on a trip. And then, and then you had to change oil. I mean, it was—I remember having to change oil five hundred miles or something like this. You know, everything was different. So, what I've—just my main point is, when people started shout out like tremendous increases and. Things I'm saying, put it in perspective, uh gas is still extremely cheap. And really, I think we're back to relatively
0: long-term trends. Exactly. Yes. And it's a huge increase year over year because of, as you were saying, base effects, and then there are geopolitical factors taking place, and that's very unpleasant. And the economy is not in great shape for a great many people. We understand. But then to your point, it depends on how you measure it. And if we have to take a couple of different perspectives, you offer four different kind of perspectives on your site. But you tell us you can't use all four in all different in all cases. You've got to know which is the appropriate one. And labor wages sounds like a good one. It's a shame we don't have labor wages on a monthly basis, do we? Because then maybe we could do a. a... Oh, they're, they're they're quarterly. So maybe yeah. we could do a uh, you know, as close as we could get to kind of a year-over-year measure quarterly to try to get close to see what the change might be in labor wage terms versus CPI terms. Okay. Very good. Very good. Well, like I told at the beginning of our interview, if people wanted to get into a little bit more of the nitty gritty and see some of the graphs, they can go to your blog at measuring worth. So just go to Google measuring worth blog, type it in. And then the ups and downs of gasoline prices, October 26, 2021 when we last had you on i i ambushed you i said what do you think about inflation because that's <laughs> the hottest topic and i and it was an unfair just like how all no, ambush interviews are and Ooh. you know it wasn't even as hot a topic as it is right now the right. the ferocity the the heat the controversy controversy is only escalating and uh, the show that we do regularly with Jeff, Jeff is maintaining that this will be a transitory supply, demand, and other increase in consumer prices, and that it is not a perpetual pervasive increase due to a surplus of money flooding the economy, either from the central bank or the government. So That's where Jeff is coming from. I, I saw a BIS report, that was published just the other day, the, where they analyzed what was taking place, and they too come to the conclusion that it is due to goods demand surges and supply demand imbalances, perhaps because of the the supply chain logistics uh, being stressed and out of out of kilter, off kilter. But that's kind of the context. In the other side, the good people disagree. They say no. The governments are giving away free money. Uh, they're monetizing the debt. The central banks are, and that what we've seen this year, and most recently in terms of CPI increases, is going to be perpetual, pervasive next year, the year after, on and on and on. What do you, where, what are you seeing from your, from your perspective? Uh. What frustrates
1: me is when people complain about, oh, my God, the inflation, I say, oh, why is that bad? And, oh, they say, oh, it's awful, you know, yeah, but why? Uh, Well, oh, because all those people on fixed income are going to suffer. I'm saying uh, who are those people uh it, 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 it's a buzzword which i don't think people really think about well why they're so worried about it and the other thing i thought about this is you know i don't think people actually care about what's happening to cpi i don't think most people and i think the people that are complaining the most they don't care if eggs prices are twenty dollar or you know twenty cents more, and right? they, they they don't even know when they go to the grocery store. Even if they do go through store, I unfortunately live near many very wealthy people, and I'm sure they do not care about the price of eggs. What they do care about is the stock market, and what they also fear desperately is if the interest rates start going up stocks will go down so I, I i i'm being a bit cynical but i think people are worried about inflation not because they're worried about what some poor guy's paying in the grocery store they're worried about what's going to happen in the stock market and they're worried about the fed having to react tighten interest rates and i'm thinking to myself hey i've been sitting here i used to you know be able to think of my savings accounts as going up mm. let me tell you a very short story 19. 19- 83, I uh, had moved and I'd sold a house and I was getting the money and I was so worried about getting that money in the bank that I got the check on Friday. I called the bank to see if they were still open so I could take the money down and deposit on Friday so I would get the interest rate over the weekend. Of course, I'm an economist. I think that way, but I tell, I've told students and since then, and they laugh at me, but we're talking about the period of the double digit inflation, our interest rates, and so forth. so I, I think, yes, there has been a lot of money given to people. So you've given people, say the lowest income people a thousand dollars, and now they're paying uh, you know another twenty or thirty cents for X. They're better off. If four million people can drop out of the workforce, because they choose to, it surely isn't because they're paying more for groceries. They have found that they can afford to live and they don't feel, they don't think that they're going to need that and they may come back to the workforce. But I'm thinking that the the whole discussion of inflation uh, as itself being a problem in terms of what people are paying is overplayed. Now, I think on the other hand, uh, housing, you know, it's crazy. It reminds me of 2008, where people are flipping stuff left and right, and, and, you know, we hope we don't have another collapse. But it really is sad that so many people are buying places not to live in, but to speculate. Um, and, you know, I have to say that I live in an apartment, uh, but I also have a summer home, so so I have to I say, I do a little bit of that. But anyway, um, So I just think that uh, we are really overplaying one month. That's the other thing, noise is so bad in monthly statistics, way overplaying the significance of one month's prices, and we're overplaying what that index means to the average person. And I think we should sort of sit back and be calm a little bit and say, you know, yes, there are things that are happening that are adjusting in the marketplace. Petroleum prices, supply chain problems. But let's let it go for, you know, a few months and, you know, see the real impact. It's just an index number, that's all it is.
0: I'm always thinking of it in relative terms relative to wages. That's why I'm so glad we had this discussion. Really? if inflation is prices ins- if consumer prices are going up not super I suppose but if my wages are going up keeping pace or accelerating past them then then I think that's fine that's okay that's you know it's better than than the, the other condition but you uh,
1: always talk about real wages you know real yes. wages. What what it was it was, a, it was the wage divided by the increase in prices and also We economists from Keynesian economics used to say, there's a consumption function. When income goes up, we had a wealth function and income and wealth both went up, consumption went up. Stock market is flying, value of houses is flying. Well, of course people wanna spend that and it's gonna put some pressure on consumption, but that's good.
0: Do you know anything about how wages are doing these days, real wages? Is there anything we can take from there that might inform us regarding how much concern we should have about uh inflation consumer price increases
1: well i don't know anything specific but all this stuff is that you know wages are finally going up particularly at the levels that be- deserve it the most you know the, the servers mm-hmm. the housekeeping all those people at that level they're getting the increase uh which i'm going to pull out my politics here i'm really frustrated Good. yet that people aren't applauding Biden to want to get the IRS to crack down on people at the top end. I mean, what do my neighbors who have multi-multi-millions of dollars stuff care that they might pay a little more in taxes? It's just uh, frustrating me that they they frustrate. So let's tax them, get their consumption down a little bit, and then let the, the people at the other end consume. That's, that's my political point of view. But real wages at a lot of levels. I mean, all the information is there. I don't, I'm not going to say I know anything specific because it's not my something I, I look at, but I'm sure you can find somebody to interview, which talk to you about real wages.
0: I know that I was looking at the Atlanta Feds website, which they do track wages.
1: Oh, yes, they do. And
0: and it was sort of meandering, although recently it has begun to spike upward. So that is a relief, thank goodness. Um, mm-hmm. I'm happy about that, I'm happy to see that. And to your point about the taxes, yeah, I'm personally not too enthused about taxes being raised, but I understand that we, pen, the pendulum swings from one to the other end, and we're, we seem to be at that point in history where a wealth transfer is called for, like we saw in the 1930s, where wealth inequality and income inequality had reached such a height that it was dangerous for the country. And we seem to have reached that point, just like we've reached it so many other times. It seems to be a natural cycle. And the years ahead seem to be surely with that ahead of us, a wealth transfer of some sort seems to be in the cards. What I'm surprised by is that none of the politicians have, have lunged for it, have grabbed it as a, as a policy to pursue. I don't understand it. It's my sense that they don't believe that we're in sort of any sort of economic emergency. Well, let me be
1: cynical a little bit and say, uh, unfortunately, I think the lobbying uh, against tax changes is extreme. Um, And back to your point, you don't want to raise taxes. I don't know that I want to raise taxes. I just want to make them transparent and efficient. And what's happened, unfortunately, is that uh, and I heard some discussion about corruption in China versus the US. Corruption in the US is much more sophisticated. Corruption is you get uh, Congress to write you a tax cut like they did four years ago or three years ago and you put stuff in there which is designed just specifically for you and that creates incredible inefficiencies because it you know, takes a level playing field and just makes it this guy had a better better lobbyist. In fact, evidence is that a company who invests in lobbying gets a bigger payoff than one that invests in research. Mm -hmm. That the corruption and the inefficiencies in the economy are really, really hurting us. I'm all for everybody having a fair tax. I'm not necessarily saying we need to raise tax. I just think if everybody was paying taxes, you know The statement is that equals should be taxed equally, unequal should be taxed unequally. It's a very simple idea. And and I think uh, the corruption, be it it's been put sunk in some law way down low, or it's bribing people is the same thing. It takes us away from what we want, which is an efficient economy where everybody has an equal chance.
0: The best writing i've come across on that topic is by matthew Stoller, and he is he's writing he wrote a book a while ago called the big or leviathan the 100 hundred year uh, battle between monopoly and uh business and the government and uh he has a blog called big and every week he writes about monopoly power and right now he was writing about shipping and transportation networks and and his point was there were changes to the laws that were courtesy of lobbyists that favored the incumbents that resulted in fewer, less competition and the the snarled mess that we're in right now. So uh, we can talk about that on the next episode. All right. I don't don't wanna belabor the point. Is there anything you want to tell our audience before we we call it a day?
1: Just be uh, a little bit more patient. Don't rush to judgment on single numbers, no matter what they are. First place, there's a lot of noise, as this recent book talks about noise, that the measurement, all sorts of stuff's in there that, you know, doesn't really tell the story you want to know. You need to let it evolve. And don't think so much about a number, but think about what you see in the people around you. If you see people who are, can stay at home now that couldn't before, hey, that sounds like a good idea. Look at what's happening to people. Are people having bigger color TVs in their houses? Good. Okay, let's look at what's happening in the real world and not get all upset on a particular number that goes up and down. That's my that's my thing, and that's 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 what I always talk about relative prices. That's what measuring voice is all about.
0: Thank you very much, Professor Williamson, measuringworth.com. I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. Okay. Thank you.